For millions of Oregonians, Thanksgiving 2020 was smaller than expected. But with widespread vaccination and now booster shots, Delta subsiding, many families are getting back together and can feel safer about doing it. The CDC has some recommendations for people traveling to visit loved ones if you're vaccinated, like getting tested in advance. But the main recommendation for everyone is simple. Get vaccinated. I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with the Oregonian. Before we start, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Pacific Source Health Plans, for supporting the show. Up next, Grant Butler, the longtime food writer and editor for The Oregonian and Oregon Live. We talked about how to mix up your Thanksgiving recipes this year, and why it's okay to try new things for a dish or two. We discussed our deep reservoir of recipes, some stories about the newsroom's old test kitchen, and much more. Here's our conversation. Grant Butler, thanks for coming back on the show. It's good to be here. Grant, it's improbably it's Thanksgiving time. <laughs> I can't honestly believe that we're already at this time of the year. Uh, I'm wondering, how do you find fresh ways every year <laughs> to, to um, bring us all these delightful, delectable recipes uh, that we should be thinking of, uh, including in our Thanksgiving meals? Well, you know, we've been cooking Thanksgiving uh, recipes at the Oregonian for decades and decades. And during that time, we have built up a treasure trove through our recipe box feature of holiday dishes for every holiday, but especially for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. that are really good for any level of skill, um, any, any size of group, um, as well as all kinds of alternatives for people if you're looking to break out of your green bean casserole rut and try something new or if you're looking for a different way of making mashed potatoes we've got got everybody pretty much covered now i i feel like we should acknowledge that thanksgiving is back sort of i think yeah. you know last year thanksgiving was a scaled back kind of jury affair for everybody and um i know that most people were limiting it to just their immediate households because of covid precautions and so the way people approached thanksgiving last year was you know much smaller scale so instead of doing you know six side dishes and turkey <laughs> and stuffing people did you know two or three things and so thanksgiving is back sorta. Um, I know that uh, in my household, we're still being pretty careful. Yeah. So it's still going to be a pretty small gathering. But in reporting one of my Thanksgiving stories this year, I talked to a guy named Jack Bishop, who is the uh, chief executive officer for America's Test Kitchen. And mm. Last year, Jack had just his wife and his two uh, grown adult daughters at the Thanksgiving table. I think that's a, what a lot of yep. people did. And he said that this year they were in opening the doors to their extended family, cousins, nieces, nephews, and they were going to have on Thanksgiving Day, they were going to have 19 people total around the Thanksgiving table, which seems overwhelming for me, <laughs> even without a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I like what he said he was going to do to ensure that Everybody was safe and everybody was comfortable and everybody felt they could have a good time. Everybody that's coming to his Thanksgiving dinner has agreed they will be 100% vaccinated mm -hmm. and they will take a COVID rapid test the Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. I think that seems like it's 
extra steps, but I think it seems totally, totally um, smart and a, the way to do it if you're having a, a big gathering so that, you know, there's time for people. If you're having family members coming from a great distance, you know, maybe it sets some pre some pre dinner uh, ground rules on safety. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I don't have people coming from far away. Uh, we're all relatively close together, but that that's exactly Jack is doing what we're doing. So um, thankfully, uh, most of the uh, unvaccinated children are going to be partially vaccinated, aside from my two little ones who are too young. So um, it feels like a, a baby step toward um, you know Thanksgiving being normal again. Yeah, and you know I I feel like this Thanksgiving in particular you know, has more meaning than, you know, the Thanksgiving of 2017 or 2018, because, you know, we have all been through this thing. um, And it's been, you know, a challenging, uh, almost two years. And I feel like, you know, no one in my house has gotten sick. Thank goodness. Uh, that's a great thing to be thankful for. Um, no one in my extended family has gotten sick. You know, I think everybody is kind of, almost ready to do that sigh of relief and maybe Thanksgiving day is a good day to do that. Uh, you know, and what better way to do that with, you know, with wonderful food that you can enjoy with, with people you care about and, you know, maybe one or two that you don't care about so much, <laughs> but the, you know, you know, the, the grouchy uncle who's going to be there anyway, but, um, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe this is the Thanksgiving that the grouchy uncle, you find something to appreciate with him. So hug, hug that grouchy uncle of yours. Uh, hopefully they're, they're vaccinated. <laughs> He's been through it too. You know, we we all have a lot to be grateful for. So, um, I, there's so much great stuff at organlive.com slash food for people who, who are still thinking, maybe I want to try something new. Maybe I want to try something different. Um, the, best vegan recipes in particular grant um really a, a pretty sterling list what what's your favorite from uh from that uh category this year you know we do a collection of those plant-based holiday recipes every year and they always get a ton of readers because I don't think a lot of people think of that mm-hmm. or they think of it as an afterthought or they're, you know, if they have someone who's a vegetarian coming to Thanksgiving, you know, they, they go buy one of those depressing frozen tofurkey roasts. <laughs> um, but there's so many great things you can do. And one of the, my favorite recipes, I'm not doing it this year, but I've done it many years in the past is a recipe that was created by a Portland cookbook author named Ivy Manning. Mm-hmm. And it's a dish that's called beet Wellingtons. And it's kind of a riff on beef Wellington. Wellingtons, where um, you take roasted beets and roasted mushrooms and you pack it all in a puff pastry and bake it, you know, and I have long contended that you can make just about anything taste good if you bake it in puff pastry, Uh, but roasted beets and roasted mushrooms in particular are really great. And Ivy first shared this recipe with us about 10 years ago, and I have found a way to make it for either Thanksgiving or Christmas almost every single year. It's really celebratory. It's really good. And one of the nice things about it is that you can make it in advance and freeze them so that then Mm. on Thanksgiving, day, you just pop them out of the freezer, put them in the oven, and they're ready to go. Um, Another dish that uh, I like is some variation of a stuffed butternut squash. And I'm trying a new recipe this year that is a butternut squash that's stuffed with all kinds of savory lentil and mushroom things. Um, It's a new recipe, so we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But, you know, I love I love being able to try new things, and I always am, am 
kind of puzzled when people say that, oh, we have to have the same six things every year because you're, you know, there's, I, I think that get kind of boring. And even if you, you want to just mix up one thing, I think that's a way to bring some new interest to the Thanksgiving table. Um, I know I sure, sure don't want to have the same exact meal every single year. And uh, the beet Wellington gives you some plausible deniability on the, the wine mouth front uh if you've uh, been imbibing a little bit so is that is that wine mouth or is that a beet mouth who's to say <laughs> <laughs> um i uh that actually sounds great i i i love beets so um that's i might uh might see if that is maybe not in thanksgiving but maybe we can bring that to the table so to speak in in uh, uh in december um yeah or new year's day to be a fun one because it can be done in advance so, you know if you're if you're if you're feeling a little woozy after new year's eve uh, that's a good thing to have on new year's day i feel like um you mentioned making things in advance and i feel like that is um always been a product of um to some degree in in um my family, but I feel like it's really accelerate, accelerated a lot. I feel like people really, you know, want to be not cooking all day long, right on Thanksgiving. And it's, you're not sacrificing any of the quality by, you know, doing your work ahead of time. Yeah. There are a lot of things that can be done in advance, way in advance. Um, like, you know, pies can be made two or three days in advance and kept in the fridge. Um, gravy can be made the weekend before, and then you dress it up at the last minute with drippings from the turkey pan. Um, there are, uh, ways to do uh, mashed potatoes in advance. One of our most popular recipes is is called Make Ahead Mashed Potatoes. Mm -hmm. It's not my favorite mashed potato recipe of the ones we have, but if you're looking for a way to get a get a leg up on Thanksgiving Day, um, that that's one of the that's one of the ones you can make. Uh, dinner rolls can be made in advance. So there's there's so many things that you can do before the big day. And then there's other tasks that also can be done to, to ease the stress of the day. Like, the, you know, you don't need to wait till Thursday to set the table. You could do that on on Sunday. Um, and, and that's actually a fun project. If you have younger people who are going to be participating in Thanksgiving, make that their job. Assign them. Your task is to set the table and make it look great. And you have between now and Wednesday night to do it. Um, so yeah, you can you can do all kinds of things in advance. Another challenge that a lot of people face on Thanksgiving, even if they've done a lot of things in advance, is you only have so many burners on the top of your stove, and you only have so much space in your oven. And when I talked with Jack Bishop of America's Test Kitchen, he said that people often overlook cooking devices they have that don't require. Um, uh, using the oven or the stove. And one of the new recipes that we have this year is for a fingerling potatoes that is loaded with lemon, parmesan, and herbs that you do in the slow cooker. Mm -hmm. um, so you could actually set it up if you're doing your Thanksgiving as a buffet. You could go set it up on your buffet, turn it on, and forget about it. Um, the, a lot of people have... Um, the instant pots, you know, there's, there's features you can use with your instant pot that again, can take the cooking out of the kitchen. And then one of his genius tricks that he described to me was, you know, right before dinner, you've got all of your burners spoken for on your stove. 
and he says that he uses his coffee maker <laughs> to keep his gravy warm. He says, as long as the carafe is clean, you put your your gravy that you've made in advance, you pour it into the coffee maker or into the co- into the coffee carafe, mm-hmm. and then you turn the coffee pot on, and you've got a burner there that's at the perfect temperature for keeping your gravy warm. And he said that you know he's pretty certain Martha Stewart would think that was heresy, but that it's a great way he's found of solving a problem of keeping the gravy warm but not taking up one of his only four burners on his stove. I thought that was a great, great Thanksgiving hack. Yeah. And to be clear, this is not like a people might be familiar with bulletproof coffee where it's coffee and, and, and butter. We're not talking about putting coffee and gravy together in your coffee maker. No, it's just keeping keeping your regular uh, Thanksgiving gravy warm using the treating the coffee maker as an extra burner. Let's take a break, then we'll come back and talk more with Grant Butler, an editor for The Oregonian and Oregon Live, who's covered food and food issues for decades. So you talked about America's Test Kitchen a few times. Uh, The Oregonian had a test kitchen for a long time um, back in our old building. Um, I never got to... uh, really experience it in its glory. So can you regale us with uh, some old test kitchen stories, uh, if you have time, just things that stick with you? I miss the test kitchen. When we moved to our new building, we didn't have a, a kitchen facility. So the test kitchen became my home kitchen. Um, and it's just not as much fun as it was when we had our test kitchen, when we would, you know, have that great day in December, when we would test all of the Christ- new Christmas cookie recipes, and then we'd share them with everybody once we'd done the photo shoot. Um, I know that people really loved um the you know the smells that would come out of the test kitchen and and people would know when we were doing you know apple pies or when we were baking you know our our testing our new thanksgiving <laughs> recipes and people would know that at some point later in the day there might be things to sample and one of the other things that was fun about having the test kitchen was we would get opinions from people and that you know not everybody likes everything and sometimes the 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 dish that really appeals to me might not have appealed to you. And it was always good feedback to get on, you know, as we were tweaking recipes and trying to find ways to make them better, the getting many palates to taste things <laughs> was a great way to, 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 to improve recipes and make them better. Are you saying um, editors have opinions on how to make recipes better too, Grant? Is that what you're saying? Yep, we sure do. <laughs> we sure do. You know, but one of the things that I, I guess I most miss about having the test kitchen, it was just, it was just fun. You know, it was just, it was, we had our test kitchen director um, was a kick in the pants and, you know, she, she would make it so much fun to go back there and work with her. And if you were developing a recipe, it was really fun to get her input on how to make it better or ways to make it more streamlined and easier. Um, yeah, so it's 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 not as much fun doing it just at home, but um, but I'm glad I got that experience and I sure learned a lot about how to be a better cook from from working in that test kitchen. Oh, I bet, I bet. Um, I wish I uh, I wish I came a few a few years earlier. Would have been uh, I would have been one of those guys lurking in the shadows, waiting waiting for the the food to come out. Oh, alas, such such is life. Um, you mentioned the recipe box earlier. Uh, could you describe that a little bit more for for listeners and readers? Where can they find that and some other great recipes that are in there that aren't Thanksgiving related? Um, I got a note about Sharon's flaky buttermilk biscuits being particularly to die for. 
Yeah, you'll find recipe box at recipes.oregonlive.com. And it's a searchable database of more than 3,000 recipes that have appeared in the Oregonian and Oregon Live over the years. And it's got stuff for just about every occasion you could have, uh, you know, spring, summer, winter, fall. You uh, can find recipes for some uh, original recipes that were created in the Oregonian Test Kitchen, as well as many recipes that have appeared in cookbooks over the years that we have tested and shared with readers. Um, one of my favorite recipes that was developed in the Oregonian Kitchen um, is Sharon's Flaky Buttermilk Biscuits, which is one of our most requested recipes from readers um it's just it's a it's a foolproof buttermilk biscuit recipe um and that we get we get constant requests from people to reprint it in the print edition because they've they've lost it or they had a move and the recipe somehow went wayward um it's a really it's a really good one um, you'll also find all kinds of great uh, recipes at Christmas time for cookies. You know, if you're looking for new things to put in your your Christmas cookie tins, we've got all of them. Um, we've got so many of them, including we crack the code on a homemade version of the Starbucks Cranberry Bliss Bar. Um, <laughs> we spent a lot of time, this was about a decade ago, trying to figure out what exactly made that confection that you get at the coffee shop so good and we nailed it and we were the first place to nail it it's been it's been a co-opted far and wide since then but i can say with authority that the oregonian was the first place to crack the code of the cranberry bliss bar we gave it a different name we call it a cranberry ecstasy bar so if you're searching recipe box that's what you want to look for cranberry ecstasy bar um and we did it first wow um i will be furiously typing that into my web browser when I finish here. Um, what else uh, would you want to say just about this time of year or anything you're looking forward to or kind of you're thinking about? I appreciate you taking time to talk. Yeah, you know, fall is my favorite time of year for cooking because there's just so many ingredients that you find either at the farmer's market or at your grocery store that just, you know, feel like the culmination of the year. I love all the squashes. I love all the pears and apples that you find right now. And, you know, whether you prepare them simply or in the case of like the fall fruit, you eat them in their raw state. It's just such a delicious time of the year. And, you know, a lot of that comes together at the Thanksgiving table. It's really kind of the culmination of the flavors of fall. And again, I, I just encourage people if they're thinking about mixing up their menu, check out recipe box. We've got lots of ideas there. We're sharing lots of uh, our favorite recipes right now at OregonLive.com backslash food. You'll find some of our favorite recipes from over the decades, as well as, you know, different ways of preparing turkey and all of the sides that you want to have. And it's just you know, it's a, it's a fun time to cook and Thanksgiving is just a great ta time to celebrate family and good things to eat and how lucky we are this particular Thanksgiving, most of all. No kidding. Uh, you said it. Well, uh, Grant, thanks so much for talking about the project and our offerings and uh, making me hungry. <laughs> it's uh, time to time to go make some lunch. I appreciate it. Always good to talk to you, Andrew. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian. I shared a link to Recipe Box and some of Grant's latest food coverage in the episode notes. If you try and like the Beat Wellington before I get a chance, hit me up on Twitter at Andrew Thien. I want to know what it's like. 
Thanksgiving's arrival means it's holiday season, and so many families need help now more than ever. The Oregonian's annual holiday fundraiser, Season of Sharing, is up in full swing. Each year, we highlight social service agencies and nonprofits that are doing vital work across our state to help families and people in need. Go to OregonLive.com sharing to learn more about who we're partnering with this year. I shared a link and details on how to donate in the episode notes. If you like this show, give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really does help other people find the program. And tell a friend, help spread the word. The best way to support our journalism is through a subscription to Oregon Live. You can do that at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Until next time.